Hey. Hey, hi, how are you? More colloquial beginning, perhaps, than usual. Um, but I'm in a relaxed mood. I did some yoga this morning. My yoga game's coming up. I did a headstand the other day. Admittedly, uh, I had to do it near a wall so my heels could uh, could knock against it if if I was in danger of falling, which at times I was. But, you know, it's doing me spiritually some good, I think. I can't really tell. Um, uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading this podcast. Thank you to followers. Thank you to subscribers. You're in the... Uh, well, you're in paradise, I think, as opposed to purgatory, if you're a subscriber. Um, so thank you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, our numbers are growing. And I, I'm really loving the, uh, just the engagement and the sense of community and the conversations I see developing on, uh, on the threads, on history, etc. So I'm, I hope everyone else is having as much fun with this as I am. Um, so on Wednesday, I did an open Ask Me Anything thread. And wow, yeah, absolutely loads of questions ranging from uh, the sublime to um, the mundane and occasionally venturing into the ridiculous. So uh, many, many thanks for your contributions. Last night, I was feeling not very well last night. I was all cold and shaky and felt just old school feces last night. Uh, so I sat in bed wrapped in a furry dressing gown and answered as many of the questions as I could before I sort of passed out. And I had in my mind that I was going to answer like 60 questions and I think I answered about 10. Um, but it felt like a good run. Uh, and I just want to really pick up that piece. You can go and read the piece well, if you're a subscriber. In fact, I think everybody should have got, should have got mailed that piece yesterday. Evening, UK time, afternoon, US time, some other unknown point in the day in other parts of the world um but i'll just sort of pick up carry on answering some of the questions on on this podcast um so where shall we begin i'm gonna begin with ben arms i think because ben arms has two questions both of equal importance ben arms first question is with the advent of modern social media and communication saving our every keystroke into the cloud Will censorship and political moderation still cause our history to be written by the winners, powerful, rich? Or will future historians consider it to be written by the masses? And then uh, Ben Arm's second question... Actually, I had to pause... I don't know if you quite had to pause the recording there because a big dog started sniffing my little dog. My little dog got, like, little dog syndrome and started going... Anyway... Ben Arm's second question is, what's your favourite slash the best snack from anywhere in time or space? Where do we go? Let's go, let's, let's do this the right way around. Let's ask, answer the serious question first. Um, I suppose, like, drilling down into that first question about what, what the historical sources will look like in future generations, trying to look back on ours. I think the, you know... The... <sighs> often the challenge with writing history about let's say the period i wrote about the middle ages is kind of the one that ben has has pointed out which is that you there's a there's a a general paucity of sources or what feels like a paucity of sources and a a limited number of voices and so your challenge as the historian is to kind of it's like having 
60 of the pieces of a 500-piece jigsaw and trying to work out what the picture is from that. And those pieces have been selected by people with a particular agenda in trying to make you think the picture is something that it may or may not be, right? I think the, 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 the challenge, uh, you know, assuming that even these massive archives that are de facto being created through social media, you know, email servers, whatever, 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 the internet. Firstly, let, let's, let's put aside the, the problem of um, actually who owns that stuff, how is it navigated, what are the uh, repositories for that information that historians will have to visit, what are the skills necessary. Put all that stuff aside. Let's just assume historians can access and, and get through that stuff. The problem is, is the opposite now if we're thinking about historians looking back at, say, the year 2022 <clears throat> and trying to... Um, trying to do the jigsaw what you've got in this case is like it's still a 500 piece jigsaw except that you now have 10 million pieces <laughs> and it's really really difficult to look at all the pieces in the first place and then to select the ones that will make up a uh, a meaningful picture so um, I think that's... Is that a, a fatuous analogy? Maybe it is. Uh, now, as for the second question, uh, the best snack from anywhere in time or space, I mean, I've not travelled a lot in space. I suppose the closest I've got to it is on an aeroplane. Uh, and I'm quite... i tell you what I do like on the old aeroplane. Can't remember which airline does this. Probably... It'd probably be a probably uh, is you get a little packet of like smoked and salted almonds but sometimes it won't just be almonds sometimes it'll be like they'll have a variety of nuts they might have even some dried fruit like some raisin type business in there they will have um, some of those little like corn Things, do you know what I mean? Like a dried corn kernel, um, quite crispy and crunchy, but still with a smoky, salty. That's probably my favourite snack in space. Here on Earth, I'd be, I'd be a fan of. I mean, in general, I, I, I want a degree. I want salt and I want protein in my snack. So. Really, it's I'm, I'm thinking pepperami, biltong, um, any like dried meat stuff. That's that'll work for me. If you gave me a little, that, that being said, I'd have an olive again, salty. If you gave me a little bowl of green pitted olives, perhaps with some cubes of manchego cheese and an ice cold bottle of lager then you and I could be friends. Do you know what I mean? I hope you do. What I mean is, those are the snacks I want. Um, I hope that answers your questions, Ben. Uh, Ashley C said, I love Ben's first question. Um, Nobody made mention of the second question, so maybe it was a mistake to answer it. Let's move on. Stripey Jules says, having seen brackets and applauded Dr. Ramirez, that's our, your friend of mine, uh, Nina Ramirez, 
having seen the Claudia Dr. Ramirez's interpretation of Kate Bush's Kate Bush's babushka on Twitter the other day, and seen Dr. Willis, that'll be your friend of mine, Dr. Sam Willis, uh, guitar wrangling on TV in the past. He loves to wrangle a goddamn guitar, that man. I wondered what you would play and or sing if there was an eminent historian's covers band, and what name would you give the band? Well, once upon a time, I was, we are talking 25 years ago, I was uh, the front man in a band, didn't really have a name, but uh, played guitar and sang, we did one gig. Um, oh no, two gigs, two gigs, sorry, two gigs, my mistake. Uh, and so yeah, I'd, I don't think I'm going to be in the band unless I'm the front man, to be honest. You know enough about me by now to be certain of that. Um, so so that, that would be my role I, yeah I'm rhythm guitar and singer I think that's what I am I know that's what I am I am that um, what name would you give the band I, oh, I haven't given this a lot of thought I, I played one gig when I was in school my history teacher Robin Green was a, was a talented musician and I played in his band The Potentials Actually, I only played rhythm guitar in there because he was a singer. Um, played one gig. I think we played T-Rex's 20th Century Boy. Don't remember what else we played. Might have just played that, to be honest. Um, they were called The Potentials. The only, the only thing I can say is that I was talking to a friend of mine this week about a bunch of stuff and came up with, in the course of a conversation that's nothing to do with what we're talking about now, with a good band name for a punk band. <laughs> Which was uh, Rusty Hellhole and the Bastards. I thought that would be a good name for a punk band. Rusty Hellhole and the Bastards. So, if my Ziggy Stardust alter ego is Rusty Hellhole, <laughs> and to be fair, that could also be a gay porn star's name, uh, but it's not in this instance. Rusty Hellhole and the Bastards. That's that's the band. I'll be Rusty Hellhole. And fuck it, if Nina wants to play bass and Willis can play the drums if he wants, I don't care. Uh, maybe we'll get someone else on the drums, I don't know. I wonder if Susie Lipson can play the drums. Don't know. It would look too patriarchal for me to front a band and have the, the two girls as the rhythm section, so that won't work. Anyway, whatever. We're getting, we're getting sidetracked. The band's called Rusty Hellhole and the Bastards, and that's final. Um, Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Do you ever use research assistants when writing your books? Could you give me advice on how to break into that type of career? I have a degree in history and theology. I'd like to think I'm a fairly good writer, and I'm a voracious reader. Hold on. This isn't LinkedIn. I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, sell yourself, Rebecca. I'm incredibly unfulfilled. Okay, now it's therapy. And underutilised in my current line of work, so I think 32 is about time for a change. I keep coming back to how much I love history and reading and how wonderful it would be to turn those passions into a job. Well, Rebecca, 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 you got the first thing, which is desire. The next thing's determination. Uh, there must be a, a third thing which also begins with a D. Don't know what that is yet. I don't re- no, I don't use research. I mean, I occasionally in the past have I used research. Yeah, I've 
I've used assistance here and there. Um, when Marina and I are working together, sometimes I use research assistants and those books because they're so labour-intensive. But honestly, Rebecca and everyone else, you don't want to work for me. My main thing I've learned over the years is that I am very intolerant and not just not a great boss and I know what I want and I'm generally the person who will you know I'm just a like a tyrant unreasonable uh, over sweating the small stuff um impatient particular pedantic irritable those are my good qualities you don't want to work with that hell no so I don't I don't really I don't really um so so actually I don't know how to break into those that kind of feel this is a useless a completely useless answer the only takeaway I've given you from this answer is do not work with me under uh, for any reason or at any cost Which, <laughs> welcome to my LinkedIn page <laughs> sorry how would you break into research I don't know I think I think maybe have a facility with archives I, you know if we take I think there's a, a lot of the second or one or two of the very pr- uh, prominent second world war historians um, who are publishing you know frequently a book a year are based on German Russian French archives and they would have like you know official paid up research assistants in the different archives people who know the way around the archives have the language skills have the uh, have the eye for telling details. Uh, I think that's a job that exists. I think you would probably need to be working in some sort of archive. So that might be one route towards that kind of job. But I don't know, maybe. Maybe there's a sort of freelance market for um, for this stuff that I'm just not aware of because of all the aforementioned appalling character traits I have, which means I've given up on um, having any confidence that anyone would, anyone in their, in their sane mind would want to work for me. So, yeah, welcome to my unhelpful podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, sorry, that was not more useful. If the apocalypse happens, says Alex and you had to hole up in a castle to survive with one figure from history, A, which castle are you picking, and B, who? Alex is picking Shatagaya with William Marshall. Um, is William... Uh, what's, what nature is this apocalypse taking? Is it, the, is it the full whammy? Is it like the entire revelation of St John of Patmos? don't think castles are going to help you apart from one i think go to the citadel in jerusalem jerusalem feels like maybe your best bet everywhere else is getting totally fucked isn't it 
I think that's the nature of the apocalypse. And I think even William Marshall is probably has met his match when it comes to, you know, the end with capital T and capital E. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to Jerusalem in the Citadel with Jesus. I mean, fuck it. <laughs> That's as good as it's going to get, isn't it? Your man Jeezy, young Jeezy, me and young Jeezy in Jerusalem. And I'm going to like just try and just wingman him through the apocalypse and hope that he doesn't notice. I think that's that's it. That's all I can. That's all I can give you. Uh, man, I'm really out of breath in a way that seems incongruent with my level of fitness. If I've got goddamn COVID again, I'm gonna be really, really irritated. Uh, um, Marmite? Question mark says Jack. Love it. The best combination, guys, here's, and, and we're returning really to the theme of salt and protein. That clicking is me clicking at my dog not to run too far ahead. Um, I'll give you a good combination. Crunchy peanut butter uh, with Marmite. Also, sharp cheddar with Marmite. Okay? Just try it. Unless you're allergic to peanuts or dairy or Marmite. Just try it. Just give it a while, for God's sake. Hold on. I actually can barely breathe. I'm going up some steep steps. I'm going to pause. All right, I'm back. But I'm breathing in quite a sexy way now. And I promise you, I'm engaged in absolutely no sexual activity whatsoever. Unless you call walking uh, around a wood fully clothed with a poodle uh, a form of peacocking. But I'm doesn't feel that way to me I'm just out of breath um, Jennifer von Schlichten says do you often feel bra- uh, comma pertaining to your vast knowledge I'll keep talking of history and the like that you're in a bit of solitude when it comes to wanting to discuss exciting finds or debating the possibility of ancient life etc or have you found like-minded comrades to geek out quote end quote about these fascinating subjects brackets I hope it's the latter I think you're, if, I, if you don't mind me paraphrasing your question, what you're saying is, you're such a dork, you can't have any friends. Um, can you? I hope you do. Uh, yeah, well... All right. <laughs> First of all, well, in my immediate domestic surrounding, nobody could give the least... The, like the most infinitesimal shit about anything I do say or think with regard to history uh, you know the eye rolls that would attend me even attempting a historical discussion with all members of my family uh, would be enough to um would be enough to set in motion the once every 10,000 year reverse of the Earth's magnetic polarity. So, that's, I suppose, a tick in the solitude column. <laughs> that being said, um, historians, you know, in general, in the UK, 
the sort of the historian massive the peer group dem um loads i've got loads of friends and you know we talk shop from time to time although strangely in in those environments all i don't really want to talk shop i want to talk shit isn't it funny maybe i'm just very contrary uh add that to my linkedin page um do I know some ner- I know some nerds who like to so what's it, what sits in the middle yeah so I suppose people who who don't have to do this stuff for a day job who actually like talking about it whom I like and like me you know the the intersection of those circles in our Venn diagram is small but it's not vanishingly so so yeah I've I'm being quite elliptical but yeah I've got some friends and some of them will tolerate me talking about my work briefly (sighs) yeah maybe that's too maybe that's maybe that's too depressing an answer too late um Angus Rowland a lot of people are asking two questions Angus Rowland what's your personal favourite random piece of historical apocrypha for the medieval eastern world uh, probably the fart drum, I suppose. I, wasn't it when Saladin deposed the last Fatimid caliph in... Struggles to remember the date. 1167, maybe? I probably got that wrong. Um, probably got that way wrong, I think. Whenever it was. It's been a while since then, and since I wrote that date and committed it to memory when that happened in Cairo I think Saladin's Ayyubid henchmen uh, had a good look around the palace and found a special drum for curing wind trapped wind and when, when the drum was beaten it would cause you to fart Yeah, that's it. That's my favourite thing. Second question, with the launch of the Irish Stout Company's new cold brew coffee-flavoured beer as an inspiration, what's the random gimmick a brewing company has cynically birthed and quietly removed which you think ought to be brought back permanently? Nothing like a specific question, is there? How many beers fit that, that niche? Don't know. I can remember. I'll tell you this. I can remember going to a pub in Cambridge in about the year 2003 with my friends Oliver and Neil. Neil being a barman, Oliver being a student. And Neil took us to a bar where they had a very elaborate lager dispenser. And you put the glass on it and it spanned the glass around, as I recall, and the beer came out with sort of ice crystals in it. And I think Neil... And it was expensive. In those days, beer was two and a half quid. I think this beer might have been upwards of three and a half quid. So you paid for the gimmick. Boy, oh boy, did you pay for the gimmick. But Neil advertised it to us as the coldest form of lager known to man. And I was, I was in. It was bloody freezing, to be fair to him. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to pull the wool over our eyes drink a lot of Tiny Rebel, big up Tiny Rebel, 
they don't mind a gimmick beer jam donut flavor 11% uh, jakey juice IPA or whatever but I don't yearn for when those go I don't yearn for them to come back particularly uh, they do a nice enough rhubarb and custard you know if we're if we're talking novelty rhubarb and custard type IPA but I don't think A I don't think it's out of production B I don't I w- I'm, I'm not gasping for one right now don't know if that answers your question alright one more because I'm absolutely exhausted uh, and I think I probably need to go and see a doctor to be fair to myself um, <laughs> brilliant um, if this is too much information let me know if you, if you, if you don't care I'm sorry. Uh, let's go with... Mm, no. Let's go with... Um, no. Should I just do this for a bit? Let's go with... Um, no. Repeat, 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 repeat. I, I'm, I mean, I, there's too many. There's too many. Hmm. All right, Gary Veldenbecker. Hey, Dan, you're like a walking history encyclopedia. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot for that. I've been getting some mad ego boosts in this episode. Keep it up, guys. You're like a walking history encyclopedia. I am walking. Uh, That's true. Love you and your work. My question. Thanks, man. While visiting the historical sites and castles when filming... Oh, fuck off, not you. There's a helicopter. That must be irritating you as much as it is me. When filming, have you ever had any paranormal experiences of your own? You know what? I haven't. When I was growing up, the house that I lived in between about the age of 9 and 18 had... There'd been some talk that it was haunted... Had a priest hole in the chimney. The dead priest was said to haunt the 16th century... The sort of two rooms that comprised this old 16th century cottage. But he never fiddled with me. So I wouldn't know. Um, paranormal? No. God, that was a terrible question to end with. I can't even tell you, like... Well, you know, I, I think I don't want to tell you this is a ghost or not. Who's to say? But blah, 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 blah. I haven't even got that in my locker. It's just a flat no. God damn. Joe Rogan wouldn't have done that, would he? That's why he's the king of podcasting. If only I spread vaccine misinformation and gave definitive and outlandish answers to all questions, I too would have a multi-million dollar deal with Spotify and not be walking my, with my dog in the woods. But would I be happy? Would I be happy? Probably, probably really happy, actually. I'd probably uh, sleep in a bed of money and drive around in, like, uh, a gold-plated G-Wagon with, like, um, you know, all the gaudy trappings of easily-come-by wealth. Um... And that eventually I wouldn't take any toll on my mental health whatsoever. I'd just I'd live happy as a hog <laughs> until my 
till my heart exploded. <laughs> but, you know, that's for the next lifetime. All right, cats. It's been lovely to catch up with you. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Sorry for the pausing. Sorry for the breathlessness. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a bad sign when you're apologising for multiple things at the end of an episode. But whatever. Um, I'm going to catch up with you next week. Thank you, subscribers. Hey, non-subscribers, do us a favour and subscribe. There's good girls and boys and everything in between. I, I'll, uh, I'm out. Laters.